on the spaces thank you very much for joining us today we're going to give people just another one or two minutes to join the spaces before we get things started so just bear with us one minute okay let's jump right into this so first things first welcome everyone and thank you for joining us today on what is set to be a a really insightful spaces with two of the fastest growing layer one blockchains in all of crypto so yeah, we're very excited to be having this talk. Um, obviously, 2023 has been a pretty incredible year for both Injective and Kujira. We're both seeing uh, very rapid growth as ecosystems. And look, 2024 is poised to be an even bigger, even better year than 2023 was. This is not the only thing that the two of us have in common, uh, as we've both decided to opt for an on-chain order book style of decentralized exchange with Finn being Kujira's and Helix being Injectives. And this will obviously be the main topic of discussion for today's spaces. But first, let's obviously just start off with some introductions into who we are privileged to have on the spaces today. Uh, and perhaps it's useful to know a little bit about their role within the business too. So we'll kick things off with Helix, if possible. So just, yeah, let us know a little bit about yourself before we get into the meat of the conversation. Yeah, well, first off, super excited to be joining this space and speaking with, as you just noted, uh, kind of, you know, one of our, our best kind of partner projects and, and a team that we see building. Helix, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Ooh. Okay, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get started first and we'll, and we'll see if there's any issues on the audio side of things. Yep, can you hear me? Uh, my name is KP. I do the social media side of things for Kujira, uh, but I'm also part of the cross-chain protocol and liquidity, the strategies that we run on both. Um, oh, sorry, apparently they, apparently you guys can hear them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump out of space and jump back on a second. Sorry about this. Okay, okay. let's get started again. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Uh, Helix, did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, can you hear me on your side? Or can any of the speakers hear me on, on your guys' side? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you now. Awesome, awesome. Well, first, I want to kick off and, and say thank you to the entire Kujira team uh, for, for hosting the space. As noted just, just before there, uh, we're, we're, we're super you know, happy and excited to, to be building you know, uh, kind of the future of what we see as finance in terms of kind of on-chain decentralized order books. Uh, in terms of personal introductions, I'm Cooper. Um, I, I initially joined the, the Injective Labs team uh, just about two years ago, um, and I kind of oversee all different forms of business and partnerships, um, and, and more recently on the institutional side of onboarding kind of a lot of the different market makers onto our exchange. Uh, more recently, I've, I've worked on kind of, you know, building out kind of the future roadmap uh, for a lot of, you know, what we're excited to, to launch in 2024 on the Helix side as Helix continues to evolve and grow into its own product and, and project itself. Uh, so that's a little bit on me, but really excited to get on and into kind of how order books are, are the future of, of DeFi more generally and, and kind of some exciting things that we have coming on our end. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, we're, we're very excited to hear about the 2024 roadmap later on today. So thanks for that introduction. Um, yeah, as I rudely interrupted before, but uh, my name's KP. I do more of the social media side of things on Kujira, but also the cross-chain protocol and liquidity. So our Arbitrum liquidity, our optimism, these kind of things, uh, I, I run some of those. Um, I've also founded Kujira Academy, which deals with just getting the community more involved in Kujira itself um, and getting them to contribute meaningfully to, to all of the things that we're doing. And I'm going to pass on to Hans now. Hi there. Yeah. Uh, pleased to be here. Um, 
yeah for those that, that don't know i i basically yeah co-founder of jira and look after all the all the technical bits that that you don't see really it's i guess the easiest way to summarize it and, and moving on to dan please uh, yeah my name is dan um i i run um it's great to be here with helix and and the uh, wider injective team I, I help with uh, business development and, and growth as it relates to Kujira. So um, help onboarding with uh, new protocols looking to build on Kujira. Um, uh, help with um, advise them through uh, their, their process and um, some of their connect them with uh, different builders throughout the ecosystem. Um, yeah, and more generally um, kind of help with uh, a lot of different things, including Kuji Academy and our ambassador program uh, throughout the network. So great to be here. Thank you very much for that introduction, Dan. So yeah, now that we've obviously introduced everyone as individuals, I think it's probably important that the audience gets to know Injective and Kujira more holistically before we go into obviously the, the nitty gritty of, of order book DEXs and, and why we've both chosen them. So I'll pass the microphone back over to you guys from Helix. Could you just tell us a little bit about Injective as a whole and the role of Helix within the ecosystem and perhaps just what makes you unique within crypto? Yeah, without a doubt. So Inj Injective has a, a quite interesting story, and, and that's one such that uh, the initial founding team set out to build a DEX to solve all of kind of the issues, you know, several years ago, probably I think five, six, seven years ago now, uh, to solve all the issues that we were seeing with regards to um, Uniswap and everything happening on ETH, high gas fees, MEV attacks, all these different types of kind of technical vac attack vectors. And they decided to kind of take Cosmos SDK and go down this app chain route uh, to build out this exchange. Um, and, and in doing so, they kind of built this core level exchange module into the chain itself. Um, and about, you know, to, to speed things up, about two years ago, the team made the decision to enact Cosmosm smart contract architecture onto the chain and pivot from just being kind of this one use case DEX app chain to being a blockchain optimized for finance-based applications that could all be serviced from this same central limit order book liquidity. Um, and it was a vision that personally I, you know, who just Cooper who just introduced himself could kind of, you know, see it as I worked previously on 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 uh, kind of with the team and on projects related to Serum in the Solana ecosystem, where effectively you have all these different apps within an ecosystem. And they all roll down to some extent to the central limit order book and, and liquidity, you know, within that order book. Um, and, you know, for instance, right, a lending protocol can only set its caps and kind of its risk ratings relative to how much liquidity exists on that central limit order book. Because if, if they have to process the liquidation, um, you know, they, they have to keep all the, 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 the pools solvent, right? Um, and now kind of to pivot over, you know, so along that entire time, Injective itself was an exchange um, on the perp spot side. And now kind of we're launching some interesting products moving forward that we'll touch on later. Um, but the, the decision was made, you know, previous to me joining to spin that DEX out into Helix itself. Um, and kind of this past year, Helix has kind of, you know, really brought on its own team, um, several new team members on the product and technical side as well as you know me and some others on both the marketing and business side of things to really expand out kind of the product offering the ui offering um, and, and kind of the liquidity base in itself so that's a, a little bit of kind of a story in terms of kind of what helix is and, and and how it has gotten to you know where it is in terms of what i think makes helix different from your normal order book decks is that kind of there are relationships and partnerships in place um, with some of kind of the largest on-chain liquidity providers uh, that you can think of and, and some exciting announcements and partnerships coming very soon uh, that are kind of in motion right now um, that will bring kind of best-in-class liquidity. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, the availability for users to come on and open positions as large as they'd like with as least slippage and as close to kind of orders top of book or, or mark price as possible. Um, so that, that that's one big differentiator. And then on top of that, um, I think it's important to call out and to note that there's several new liquidity profiles entering our order book. So we've seen Black Panther, this, this protocol that had come over from Terra, launch these different types of 
uh, grid trading vaults, uh, looping vaults, um, spot market making vaults, et cetera. Um, and in addition, we're excited for the launch of Mito, um, Elixir, and, and, uh, and other protocols that will also be you know, able to provide these different forms of liquidity provo- uh, profiles across the order book. Lastly, I think it's important to note um, that you know, there are several new markets and, and different types of products coming to Injective. So over kind of Q4 of last year, uh, we launched our first pre-launch perp markets, um, and we plan to launch you know, some of them potentially even as early as next week, uh, some new markets there. Uh, we've been playing and toying around with some different types of, you know, stable coins or, or FX that could come on chain. So a lot of exciting things in, in the coming weeks and months on the, on the Helix side of things. And I think that there's a few competitive differentiators, but at the end of the day, and, and also I think, you know, to call out one of the other things is that trading bots were a huge hit in Q4. So there's spot grid trading and, and perp grid trading available, uh, you know, in trading bots directly through Helix's UI itself. So a lot of different things to happen here today, but those are just a few to call out. Yeah, thank you very much for that answer. Um, it was interesting to hear you talk of obviously the the uh, grid bots and the, the spot and perp trade and that you're trying to encourage liquidity in that way. And we'll come on to that later as well. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not at all surprising to hear that you as a team are, are expanding as well, given the growth that, that you've seen in 2023. So props for that. Um, on Kujira's behalf, I'd obviously like to bring Dan up to talk about just Kujira more holistically, um, and then perhaps Hans is more uh, suited to talk about uh, what makes Finn differentiated product to um, to other on-chain order book decks as well. So we'll start off with you, Dan. Yeah, just a quick intro to kind of Kujira's history for um, kind of some of the folks here who might not be super familiar. Um, Kujira was really born, the idea was born out of um, kind of an event that took place in May of 2021, um, where there were massive liquidation cascades on the uh, Terra protocol, um, and the, the price fell substantially. And a lot of folks had their assets liquidated, and uh, these uh, these assets were not picked up by by the by most of the users. They were picked up by an elite group of, of botters who had you know advanced software to pick this stuff up, advanced botting software to do it. And uh, that's kind of how Kujira was born. Um, the idea was to equal the playing field um, and allow um, kind of normal everyday folks to kind of bid on liquidated assets and have a shot um, and have a shot at, at, at capturing some of that value. Um, and that that led into um, kind of Fin or on-chain order book, which was it's it, the first decentralized um, on-chain order book that was originally built on the Terra blockchain. Um, um, and then, you know, once that was launched six weeks later, once that collapsed, we, we, we built um, our own um, on, on the Cosmos SDK. And um, yeah, um, and that's, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the story behind Kujira. And um, that's kind of how we got going. Um, and, and today, really what we, we stand for, and I think how we're uh, quite differentiated, at least on an ethos level, is uh, we really try to build... Um, uh, products that everyday users can use. Um, ease, to, uh, ease to use is a, a very big part of um, uh, kind of the design philosophy um, and uh, uh, kind of the way the products are are, are built. And uh, we really try to, you know, make it so that anyone can come in and, and you know, execute a strategy and, and, and you know, quickly, um, you know, get up and running and, and, and hopefully make some money. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I would like to echo that as well in the, you know, the way that that we've built a lot of our products with sort of seamless and, and frictionless access to these DeFi primitives is something that we certainly stand for and something that we try to be very open, transparent and honest about throughout our entire lifetime. Um, with Orca being obviously a, a massive um, advocate of that, just giving people access to financial tools that are, are usually quite... Um, quite difficult to access but yeah please hans do take away and let us know you know what what makes finn um you know what is finn's usp why are we differentiated product to perhaps other yeah order book i mean i mean older books themselves are, are already a, a differentiated product in the on, in the on-chain space right um preaching converted here but yeah, when when you look at the architecture of a, of a like a uniswap protocol uh, like an amm thing <clears throat> you can only ever trade your counterparty is always that liquidity pool and so the only way you can execute an effective trade is by having a huge amounts of liquidity just sat there uh, until somebody is either 
you know, it, it can be anybody. It, it can be uh, the likes of Bo, you know, have this kind of on, on-chain um, market-making algorithm, or it can just be a, a regular person. So somebody puts in a, a sell for a thousand, you want to buy a thousand, uh, you get a zero percent slippage trade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to, to, to talk specifically about what what um, what makes Fin unique is is it's to echo Dan's comments about that kind of the fairness and, and providing opportunities to to everybody. That's that's really kind of um, we, you know we bring that to Fin as well. It has the fair distribution algorithm, so um, you you can't you know you don't get front run. You know, if, if you're if you be able to order at a price, um, you get and, and that price gets hit, then then you get an equal distribution. Uh, fully on chain, not cranked. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, order book style interfaces, which will just deposit your funds somewhere else, not even in a book. And then when a, an AMM gets to the right price, um, it gets executed, at which point a bot gets to decide which of the five orders at that price they want to execute first. So, you know, there's no guarantee of that happening. Uh, and we've also, you know, getting into the weeds a bit, but achieved a, an O1 complexity. Um, with respect to, to orders, so you can have a million orders at, uh, at a specific price point, and if that price gets hit, um, yeah, the thing carries on chugging, uh, doesn't even notice. Brilliant, yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, now, obviously, these order book dexes are, are pretty integral to, to both of our ecosystems, um, it's the main decentralized exchange to both of them. Um, and as you've sort of touched on as well, they are relatively, uh, well, not as, not as dominated in the space as AMMs are. Um, and I think it would be interesting to hear from, from both of you, but we'll start with Helix, why you chose to begin with to go with an on-chain order book DEX itself over an AMM, and perhaps some of the uh, advantages that you see that uh, order book DEXs bring over a traditional AMM. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's quite interesting because kind of based on that, I would love to discuss with you guys kind of the future of, of what we see kind of coming to fruition. And that's like AMM plus, like AMM vault plus central limit order book, which, which is quite interesting. But yeah, to dive into it, um, you know, I think AMMs are, are quite unique and quite novel and really can be, you know, interesting in terms of finding price discovery for new and bespoke, very liquid asset classes. Um, however, in, you know, the real world of the New York Stock Exchange all the way down to things like Binance, I think it's pretty straightforward that a central limit order book uh, with market participation and real liquidity is always going to be a superior environment um, for kind of the trading of any potential, you know, any mature asset. Um, and, and obviously you need those market makers really there to provide that that liquidity and those, you know, users placing limit orders as noted as opposed to kind of this pool of massive assets um there in a big way and and i think like in terms of the long vision the long goal i think that hans really just brought it up um in, in a great way it's like no real mature asset class in in our opinion will ever have a world in which there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars sitting idle in a pool um, just there to, you know, enable to facilitate a swap. We're the believers in, in kind of this order book or, or marketplace mechanism where, you know, you're matching a, a buyer and a seller, um, you know, in, in, in our case, fully on chain. Um, so I really think that the capital efficiency aspect of that cannot be stressed enough. Um, but again, I do think that there's definitely, you know, large benefits to kind of a lot of different automated market maker uh, kind of designs and mechanisms for different forms of asset classes, et cetera. Um, and would love to touch on, you know, more of that with you guys, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's kind of the high level. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, uh, actually the, the thing that you mentioned right at the beginning, the AMM vault on top of, uh, an order book sounds very much like one of the products that, that we've made, uh, already. So it may, perhaps makes sense to move on to that as a topic of discussion now. But I just wanted to give Hans you the opportunity if you if you wanted to add anything to that as to you know why did you particularly choose to go with an on-chain order book? I know you've yeah. obviously mentioned a lot of the points already. Yeah, no, yeah, I just wanted to I give just, you the opportunity to to add on to it if you wanted to. Yeah, all I can do is is, is echo the same comments really. Um, it's quite an extreme view, I guess, but I just don't I don't see uh, your kind of tradition traditional sounds ridiculous when it's only been around for a few years, right? But traditional AMM as as a long-term solution to 
the trading. Um, you need to facilitate um, you know peer to peer trading and not peer to pool trading, as it were. Um, your kind of your XYK pool, the initial Uniswap, only really came about through uh, through constraints and and the, uh, as a as a V one of, of something that you could build on uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. And you know we're we're several years down the road now. We've had chance chances to understand the limitations and innovate and create um, you know like order matching algorithms that that will work on chain that just just weren't available. And actually, uh, interestingly, if you get into the real kind of technical weeds. Um, the way that like the 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 um, well the interfaces that you have uh, in the EVM and with Solidity just don't don't allow uh, the sort of efficient algorithms that we have with the SDK and with Cosmism. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of it's taken a while to get to a point where where an on-chain order book is even feasible. Um, and then yeah, like we talked about, it creates this architecture where you have this kind of hub and spoke model and and and. and uh, Finn and the order book becomes a hub, and your market makers can be three different algorithms. You know, we have we have Bo, we have um, on the stable pairs, we have two different algorithms. We have two different algorithms running on the uh, on our LSD pairs, um, and you know, myriad other um, uh, independent people that are all running grid bots, market making. You know, each person adding liquidity to the books and trading it in their own way, which reduces the need to to create uh, inflationary incentives and, and have some. Yeah, which is say like tens, hundreds of millions of dollars to kind of sat dormant. Yeah, thank you for that. And that really does bring us on to this this next topic of discussion, really just being that I suppose a particular not not necessarily challenge that Orderbook Dexes have found in the past, but it is that ability to encourage and incentivize liquidity provision or to have any sort of meaningful liquidity in those books themselves. Um, obviously, with an AMM, it's it's more simple, but uh, obviously to the detriment of the product itself by relying on incentives and uh, that are often inflationary as well to encourage users to deposit. Um, now, Helix and Finn have definitely solved this issue in very different ways. So I think this is a, a, an interesting topic for, for the two of us to sort of compare. Um, I've got two questions for you, uh, Helix. The first one being just could you walk us through the various ways that you guys are encouraging uh, LPs to provide liquidity? I know you mentioned the, the grid bots and things like that, so it'd be interesting to, to sort of dive into that. And the second question is, uh, you mentioned it a few times that um, you're trying to achieve a retail and institutional user base. So how important are those institutional market makers for achieving this goal? Those would be my two questions. Yeah, yeah. So two great questions and I'll kind of, you know, start, you know, and I think that you really called it out and it's, it's definitely the case. Um, bootstrapping central limit order book liquidity after we kind of come out of the conversation of how a central limit order book is, is so much better than an AMM. Um, it's quite funny that, you know, bootstrapping that liquidity is very difficult because on a high level, when you go after these type of institutional uh, market makers, the, the cost of capital for these different type of kind of prop shops or, or market making shops is exceedingly high. Um, and they, you know, usually are, are kind of finding the best alpha across CFI, across DeFi, on-chain, et cetera. Um, and they need to find kind of the most compelling ways and, and kind of uh, the, the highest return on that capital on-chain for providing liquidity. Um, and, and in today's market across different types of exchanges and DEXs, that's, that's very you know, relatively expensive, but the purpose of doing that, it, it's kind of a chicken and egg, right? So you work to really build best in, la in class liquidity. Um, and then the concept is, you know, you, you pay for that to some extent. And, and when you pay for that, you then are able to onboard those users. Those users continue to come through and bring that flow of their orders. Um, and, and eventually you don't have to incentivize these market makers to be there at all. There's so much flow that they'll just be there naturally. Um, so that's like the, the vision and the goal uh, and, and what we're trying to work toward in a very high level situation. Um, but now to get into it in terms of how we incentivize a lot of these institutional market makers who I think make up probably at least 80% of our liquidity um, at the moment, um, I think there's probably about 15 to 16 of, the, of these teams all the way from, you know, I think there's, you know, no, no surprise that the, the jumps of the world who are backers of Injective and others are kind of on chain and, and trading on Injective all the way down to some small prop shops across, you know, uh, the, the world. Um, 
And to get into the kind of mechanism design, we take into account uptime, uh, we take into account volume, and we take into account how close these teams are resting to the book. Um, and based off those three three variables, and you can find this kind of at our trading.injective.network and our open liquidity program forms in terms of the actual formulas and all those different types of things, won't get into it too deep on a technical level. Um, but based on those three different variables, we assign a score to each of these market makers and they compete against each other um, every 28 days for a share of 40,000 INJ. Uh, which at current market prices is, is far more than a million dollars. So, right, it's a very expensive endeavor um, to essentially provide this liquidity. But with that being the case, um, we have seen quite a few, uh, you know, we, we've seen really unique users jump, liquidity jump over the past couple of months, um, and, and the trading activity really increase. So that's kind of the the main mechanism, and I would say kind of, up to about six months ago, the only mechanism that existed, but we're, we're rapidly increasing these different forms of liquidity profiles. And that's where kind of these spot grid trading, uh, you know, vaults uh, available now on Helix, which essentially allow for retail users to go and on a very basic level, also provide liquidity towards these markets. Um, and, you know, that has been very interesting for us in addition to all these different apps. So, Black Panther is a team that runs these vaults um, and they're much more sophisticated, but essentially you deposit into a smart contract and that smart contract on Black Panther trades on your behalf um, and places orders on the order book. And many of these have been very profitable for them without even any token incentives on, on top, which has been cool to see. And we're also excited about uh, the upcoming launch of Mito, which is also an Injective Labs product, um, which will be launching here in, in the next kind of couple months, um, next month. Um, and, and that will be another liquidity profile and, and kind of a vault that we'll be market making on chain. Um, lastly, you know, I think that another instance of this is that we worked with the Hummingbot Foundation. Um, and the Hummingbot Foundation built out connectivity to Injective Central and Midora Book. And kind of the ethos there is that we're allowing anybody that's really not a sophisticated trader who can only run a couple lines of code. I'm not too technical myself, um, and I'm able to get a Hummingbot miner up and 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 placing orders on the injective central limit order book so a huge goal from our business and products perspective in, in 2023 and into 2024 is building out those different unique ways to kind of provide passive liquidity to the order book and active liquidity to that order book um but yeah i think the main focus is still and will continue to be kind of more of that institutional focus as well yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Um, and just, I'd like to echo just one of the things that you said actually about the chicken and egg situation. Uh, and that's something that, that we've been sort of relentlessly explaining to to our community as well. But I think this also somewhat works in your favor as well. Once the liquidity continues to grow, you build this sort of flywheel effect to the upside where your liquidity and trading activity are just increasing exponentially because, well, you know, more trading activity means that you're getting more real yield and sustainable revenue for your books as well. So yeah, we, we very much echo those, those same thoughts. Um, I think I'm maybe in the best position to explain the ways that Kujira are trying to encourage uh, liquidity on, on, on our network. Uh, and I'll also probably ask Hans to help me out towards the end as well. Um, but to incentivize liquidity on Fin, we have the product that we previously mentioned called Bo. Now it's a decentralized community market maker where it, it sort of operates in the same way as an AMM where you deposit 50-50 split in the standard pools and they will use this liquidity to place limit orders within the DEX itself, obviously profit from the bid-ask spread and that profit will go and accrue to um, people providing their liquidity as well. Now we have stable swap uh, bow pools as well, which are, uh, will, will place tighter limit orders around the central limit um, and stable, oh, sorry, LST pairs as well. So I think the interesting thing there being the dynamic of having various different uh, AMM style vaults, I'll say, but these different vaults working on the same order book to create different uh, trading environments, uh, you know, ones that are more suited for perhaps stable swaps where, uh, pairs. Uh, for our decentralized stablecoin USK, um, and for just you know any of these LST pairs that we might have as well. Um, there's also a, a user interface where any third party can add incentives as well. 
Um, so I think this helps for for protocols themselves that are, are willing to dish out some of their tokens or, or perhaps some stable coins or any sort of token has incentives to try and encourage liquidity provision on Kujira for their native token as well. So yeah, I think the ability to to, to do that helps um, these protocols to to build some trading activity on Kujira, uh, and it has been extended uh, sorry extensively used by quite a few protocols as well. Um, you touched on Hummingbot adapters as well. We we do also have those for Fin. Um, as you said as well, I'm not necessarily a uh, technical person at all, but one of the students at Kujira Academy is currently writing a article on how to set up these these Hummingbot adapters and how to establish grid bots and trading bots on Fin itself. Uh, and I'm going to be testing that, and and it hasn't looked too difficult to do so far. So. Again, that sort of ethos of bringing financial tools to retail and, and allowing them to grow their capital by providing them the, the tools to do it is, is quite important. Now, another way that we've tried to uh, build some liquidity on Kujira as well was through treasury swaps. So Manta Dao have been doing this pretty excellently for the last, uh, well, God knows how long, probably about a year now. Uh, an issue that perhaps a lot of protocols will have is that their treasury will be denominated in the native token itself. So if you want to provide liquidity for that, for protocol-owned liquidity, you've either got to sell a percentage of those tokens or, or come up with some creative way to convert it into another token to then pair it on, on an AMA, or sorry, on Bo or, or on a, 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 an exchange. Now, what Manta have been able to do is propose treasury swaps with various different protocols where they'll swap a portion of their Manta token for a portion of, let's just use Kujira for an example, uh, they'll swap some Manta tokens for Kuji tokens, set up a Manta Kuji pair, excuse me, and then they've established a trade uh, routing uh, mechanism, which will find the most efficient route through the various trading pairs on the order book as well. So by building up uh, Manta paired liquidity, by building up stablecoin paired liquidity, and by building up Kuji paired liquidity, we eventually aggregate all of these different order books together and route through the most efficient one to get you from token A to token B. So I think that's uh, a more creative way, again, eliminating the need for inflationary incentives that we're, we're trying to really just cut out because I think we've all recognized that this isn't a, a sustainable long-term business plan. Now, we actually released uh, an announcement about this yesterday. So perhaps, Hans, I can get you to jump in here talking about the leveraged LPs and the, the, the things that this can bring to protocol owners. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about this. Um, so uh, leverage LPing basically lets you fundamentally borrow against your LP tokens. Um, but one manifestation of this basically means that you can take your treasury token and you can uh, borrow the stable side of the liquidity that you need and deposit the whole thing. So you can have $100,000 worth of your of your protocol token borrow $100,000 of USDC or USK or whatever off of Ghost. Um, uh, that gets deposited into Bo, uh, creates liquidity for your token, and those LP tokens then collateralize the the hundred thousand dollars of borrowing from Ghost. Um, the the really nice thing about this is that you're because you're um, collateralizing your your loan here with something that you you know you haven't sold it. It's not like a like a margin position somewhere. Um, it's the LTV doesn't really move very easily. You have to have kind of like a four or five X uh, on one side of the pair uh, to, to generate the, the kind of IL that, uh, that would make the, the, the LTV go bad. So, you know, you open it naturally at a 50% LTV. Um, at the moment, the max LTV is 75%, but I think we can, you know, that's, that's quite a conservative one um, because of the way the liquidations work with, with, with LP tokens. We could probably, probably crank that and, and make these really quite safe positions. So, so you now create a, you, know, you you have a fully decentralized, fully on-chain um, order book liquidity for your token denominated against the stable token. So people can place limit orders you know, with a stable token, um, you know, buys or whatever. Um, uh, and you haven't had to sell anything. Uh, you haven't had to do any treasury swaps. Um, you haven't had to pay incentives. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of quite excited about it, really. Yeah, when you when you told me about it the other day, and and I knew that I was going to get that announcement out, I knew it'd probably get a few people uh, a few people frothing for it. So definitely, I think 
the two of us combined with with Helix and Finn definitely coming up with interesting solutions to to deal with this liquidity um, issue because yeah like like I, I assume both protocols are, are in the same boat where paying for this is is incredibly expensive or, or could be incredibly expensive and for us to have a long term business proposition and, and to remain uh, above board for for as long as we want to uh, it doesn't make sense to uh, just just dish out inflationary incentives in this way. But this also sort of allows a nice segue into another topic of conversation. Um, so of course, when, we are, when you're encouraging liquidity for newly listed tokens, it's particularly important to allow for efficient trade execution from the get-go. Now, Kuji is of course listed on Helix very recently, and Inge is listed on Fin. So both of these assets can be traded efficiently on, on both of our DEXs. But I think it'd be interesting to know from you guys, Helix, what is your uh, process for deciding which tokens to list? Yeah, yeah, great, great question. Um, so generally speaking, um, actually the entire listing process end-to-end to get on-chain is fully subject to governance. And that's kind of one of the interesting aspects of Injective and kind of this kind of WordPress for finance approach is that there are several other front ends that mirror this same central limit order book liquidity. Um, and at the end of the day, while Helix is kind of something that we're determining kind of uh, which markets are shown and those different types of things and, and owned by us, there are several other front ends and anybody is free to fork Helix and the open source uh, repo, launch their own decks on top of that central limit order book and, and launch their own markets, assuming that you know there's liquidity or they have one of those market makers providing liquidity towards those pairs. Um, to answer your question, so you know, in terms of listing, we you have to launch either a spot or perp proposal. Um, through our governance, uh, there's the ability to instantly launch with, uh, I believe it's 10 INJ um, as well um, to kind of skip through that that governance process as well. Um, and otherwise, it, it's kind of up to kind of this three day uh, kind of discussion period and then goes to the vote. Um, and, and that's all kind of our normal governance process. Once the market is created, then essentially, as soon as that's enacted, it's just kind of subject to any liquidity provider um, coming on and, and providing liquidity towards that market um, and then being showcased in some front end. Helix has kind of showcased in t to date on the product side. Um, and this is really kind of a, a product question. Um, every major perp and spot market, even these you know unique meme coins that have come up, we have uh, you know launched and placed under our experimental markets um letting you know essentially all different forms of users know this is not financial advice in any way shape or form but giving them the ability to even trade those meme tokens as well um finally kind of i think the more important question is is how do we determine which uh, markets are launched and supported via the open liquidity program which are these inflationary incentives that you noted um and the answer to that is that that's fully uh, subject to governance. Uh, we review internally on the Injective Labs teams, do kind of with our quant team an intense amount of rigor with regards to kind of what is is kind of feeding back the most taker volume, what's bringing through kind of the most flow to the exchange um, and, and where we're seeing kind of the best results with regards to liquidity. Um, but kind of that, in addition to a lot of what we're seeing in terms of the governance forms, the governance threads and within our community, um, you know, such as, as noted with you guys, we had seen so much interest in, in a Kuji spot listing. Um, and, and interestingly, we also noticed that you guys have almost all the liquidity lives within your guys' incredible ecosystem. So we were trying to find different forms of liquidity providers to really, you know, even if we added it to our open liquidity program, have users able to earn those incentives and earn those rewards for providing that liquidity. And thankfully, uh, there were enough kind of community members that were able to make that possible. Um, so essentially, it, it, you know, it's, it's a, a kind of, a group effort with regards to hearing from community members, the governance forms, everything subject to governance with regards to OLP. It's voted on every epoch um, and and adding those different markets to the program. Brilliant. Yeah. So so I guess just to, to summarize what you said then, um, your decision-making process in terms of what gets added to the open liquidity program is things like take volume, um, the amount of liquidity that you can achieve 
through through organic means, through uh, you know sourcing from the community, and just flow to the Helix Exchange itself. W- would that be correct? Yes, that is correct. And and also, I think more broadly, kind of you know, as the network continues to get more and more decentralized, it's also you know it's already incredibly decentralized. But as it continues to get more and more decentralized, the concept and and the mission of like the Open Liquidity Program is to create a world in which there's several other exchanges similar to Waverly or, or you know the team that previously built Queerty in in which they are also determining and deciding different markets that should be allocated liquidity um, that may even not even live on Helix itself. But yes, to answer your question. Okay, thank you so much for that answer. Um, Dan, did you want to take us through the process on Kujira's side? Because I imagine most of it will be uh, echoed. Absolutely. Um, one interesting thing, though, just on the liquidity side, um that we do that i uh, you know just kind of slightly different approach or um just very much along our ethos is um you know if once a token is listed which i'll explain the listing processes in a second but once a token is uh is instantiated and in, in trading on fin um the project itself the team itself can deposit incentives directly through bow and incentivize liquidity on their own uh it's basically completely market driven um you know if there's interest and demand in trading you know there will be strong fees strong fees will you know uh, you know bear yield and people will be interested in collecting fees and depositing liquidity on a on a on a one-to-one basis each individual user or holder of that token can or somebody can just buy the token or even borrow it on ghost in many cases um and deposit and, and provide liquidity for that token um our listing process is very simple and straightforward um just go in our Discord. Um, we suggest just take a temperature check. Go in, um, you know, give give folks a idea about the project, what it does. Um, you know, uh, try to have some amount of discourse, um, if possible, for a few days. We don't have a any type of strict rules around a discussion period. Um, we just try to recommend. I usually take calls with any new project and just try to recommend that they go in there and have some some amount of discussion with the community and make sure folks are aware of. What they're doing and uh, kind of you know any type of roadmap they might want to discuss um you can get a proposed then you can get a proposal up it's 500 in usk um and uh it's a 48 hour voting period um basically it um and uh yeah um we 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 try to encourage um you know we try to uh encourage them to you know explain the project well and make sure it kind of sits well within the kujira ecosystem but um, it's a very straightforward, uh, you know, simple, simple process to listing on, on Finn. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Dan. And then obviously, um, taking things on to, to on-chain governance afterwards and, and getting it through the proposals is uh, the last step. And on top of that, like like Dan said, pretty much almost instantly afterwards, we'll have Bo LP pools up there for for people to provide liquidity. And in the off chance that some of these, you know, if, if there's a token that wants to be listed but doesn't get community approval, has to hit quorum, has to hit over the, the required threshold for it to be passed through. And if it's not, it's not listed. So we have a, a, a nice sort of intricate system that allows us, well, allows the community to decide what is valuable enough to be warranted on, on, on Finney Exchange itself or, or what, you know, what shouldn't be there and what perhaps uh, isn't valuable enough. To, to, to make the cut. So it's obviously evident that the community for both Helix and Kujira are, are important in this decision-making process, obviously via governance and, well, perhaps more loosely, just gauging interest for, for new tokens. We actually see a lot of overlap in the communities between Injective and Kujira. Uh, I don't know, maybe this is because of the, the IBC, allowing native asset transfer between the two. But it's been really good to see. It's been good to see on Twitter, uh, as you noticed and as you just said yourself, that. The demand for Kuji on Injective was huge. The demand for Inge use cases on Kujira is massive as well. Um, so we've got lots of guides out that, that are really getting people to, to utilize their Inge tokens on Kujira with, with our, our, our lending, our money market, providing liquidity, even actually using it as, as collateral for, for USK as well. So the use cases for the two are, are, are wide, widespread within Kujira. Um, but I think actually, just, just on that note, it'd be interesting to to know a little bit more about your community, perhaps, because, you know, it's been relatively uh, a new um, advancement and, and a new thing that's happened between our two communities. So 
perhaps you could tell us a little bit about what you think attracts them to to injective and to helix itself um and well we've both seen uh, a lot of growth in, in external contributions to our respective ecosystems so it would also be useful to hear what you are doing to encourage builders to develop on injective too for any perhaps prospective builders in the audience totally totally and and that's kind of jumping outside a bit of kind of the the helix realm more generally but you know more than happy to really speak to it um and and generally i think you know helix being kind of the first app technically in the injective network helix has seen it all and 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 generally um kind of specific to the growth recently and also yes as noted echoing everything you just said with regards to we see so much kind of overlap in your guys incredible community um, as well as you know so much overlap into kind of our community and what they're doing but in terms of the growth and, and what we've seen specifically over the past two three months um, it's really been on the builder side of things and having all these different applications come in and build uh, different types of applications and also bring users in to use those applications and then you know by the process of of kind of you know, them just being, you know, on the network and in the neighborhood, taking advantage in some way of, of coming on and trading the Helix. I think that that's kind of been the funnel that's been incredibly successful. Um, obviously, it's been very successful to offer all different types of unique products, as I, I mentioned previously, such as pre-launch perp markets and, and otherwise. Um, but I think kind of, you know, to key in on there, it's definitely a lot of these different builders we're looking for these different forms of, 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 of VM environments, namely Wasm, you know, on the injective and, and I believe on the Kujira side of things. Um, and, and that kind of growth and activity, in addition to uh, the aspect of super low gas fees and, and all of that, you know, the, the stuff that you get when you're not really in these EVM environments um, have, have really led to a ton of growth within our ecosystem. Yeah, thank you for that insight. And yeah, I realize you're correct in saying that, that that is outside of the specific scope of Felix. But I think it's actually quite interesting just to hear your thoughts as a as an ecosystem builder your, your, yourself with a, obviously a unique insight into those things. So thanks for that answer. Um, I can also really appreciate the community aspect angle as well as a, as a brief backstory. I, I was once just a community member for Kujira itself. Um, I started off as a community member was encouraged to provide value by the Kujira team on, on social media and so on. And, and from that was given or well, earned the right to, to join the team. So I've continued that effort myself to, to try and empower the community to, to contribute and, and to, to be, provide meaningful um, you know, use cases. So like I said, I'm a founder of Kujira Academy. And, and what we do is we try to, to build up community members to a point where they're either getting employed in the ecosystem themselves or creating content both written, video content, or, or even just being an ambassador in their local uh, communities. So really pushing the Kujira products and the Kujira ethos to people in, the, the, you know, in their nearby area. And I think through, through honest and, and, and open discourse from the team members themselves, I think our community feels more in touch and, and can relate on like a, a human level to the founders and to the team. So I think it makes it more tangible for them to, to really contribute and, and to um, you know, develop Kujira as, a, as an e ecosystem, as a community. Um, in terms of the developer side of things, I think, Hans, maybe you'd be better to speak on this. But um, yeah, obviously, look, the developer docs that we've been uh, producing from existing developers as well are going to help to onboard people. We've got a nice community pool that we can use to, to um, provide grants to prospective builders as well. But yeah, as I said, I'll, I'll leave it to you, Hans, to, to perhaps speak about um, just the various ways that we're encouraging builders to come and join. Oh, yeah, um, uh, quite a broad question, really. I think I think the whole the community thing is kind of the, is the number one, really. Um, what has been really interesting, you know, we 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 incubated on stake as a project that was was not a uh, a core team product initially, um, and so we kind of got to see. The reception of a new project and, and how that kind of uh how the community reacted to it and it was just it was incredible to see to be honest and so you know you've got the kind of community angle on one side which is amazing and uh and, and most of our efforts um outside of kind of you know bringing bringing perps and, and kind of uh, incremental feature announcements to the existing products is on creating um 
the kind of dev tooling that you really need. Um, you know, uh, we we're working closely with Confio and the and and, the, and Cosmosm. Um, we the next chain release brings interchain queries, it brings interchain accounts, and actually it brings interchain queries architecture that is a single transaction um, as opposed to at least two, which is what, what other chains have. Um, we that that well, the chain upgrade after that will bring uh, single block. Um, oracle sp oracle speeds so you know the, it's all about kind of just creating um uh, a nice experience for developers and giving them the tools and the, the the interfaces that they need to to basically build anything they want yeah brilliant thank you so much for that um i realized that we've probably got just about just under 10 minutes left so i wanted to give the opportunity for uh both helix and kujira to talk about um just things that they're perhaps excited for so any future plans um what do what do we think the products look like one year five years from now that kind of thing so yeah anything that you'd like to share about what 2024 will bring and uh, anything you're excited for yeah 100 percent um and i think that from my side of things specifically um and don't want to kind of be the the hype the hype beast on the helix side of things but there are like a ton of huge uh kind of huge things coming this year for helix as it relates to really building out the product roadmap and, and really making Helix its its own standalone project built on the injective network. Um, so we'll want, you know, many uh, and everyone listening to just stay tuned and really stay up to date on our Twitter. Um, so that's kind of the, the long term and more of kind of what's to come this year. Um, and with that being said, to jump into more specifics on the Helix side of things. You can see as early as as early next week, we've been teasing it quite a bunch, um, but our first new pre-launch perp market, um, or not, not our first new, but kind of a new pre-launch perp market that's coming and, and many new potential markets, uh, such as I think I mentioned earlier, FX and, and other perp and spot markets coming very soon. Um, we also are, are very interested in exploring different INJ denominated spot markets, which could be interesting. And I think once Mito launches in, in the coming month, coming months, um, and, and a lot of that product functionality is finalized and built out, uh, we're very excited to really showcase the full power um, of, you know, having this institutional liquidity pro, uh, kind of provisioning profiles in addition to having uh, kind of this on-chain AMM plus order book combination or, yeah. So so those are the things that I'm really excited about. I think really stay tuned. Some new product and market launches coming uh, in the next one and two weeks. And then on top of that, uh, definitely just stay up to date for kind of big announcements coming from our side of things with regards to, uh, you know, different incentives coming to the exchange, et cetera. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. Um, Dan, I know you wanted to share some thoughts on the Kuji Pay side of things and perhaps any other future plans that you'd like to share. And I'll give it to Hans afterwards as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we introduced an article uh, like earlier this week, but um, we'll be launching Perp soon. Um, we're really excited about that. Um, leveraged LPs um, will be coming out soon. We're, uh, we spoke a little bit about that earlier, but that is going to be very exciting. Um, um, our wallet Sonar um, is going to be getting some major updates, um, both with Cato Money um, and some other integrations, um, including Bidali, uh, which will allow you to kind of buy gift cards directly from Sonar um, and some other purchases. Um, we'll have uh, updates for DAOs um, using Sonar, where they'll be able to um, kind of uh, Great proposals. Um, we are also going to be having a direct IBC connection to uh, both Polkadot and Near, um, which will allow kind of native assets to move back and forth between those ecosystems, uh, which we're really excited about. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, and there's a bunch more, a bunch more stuff going on um, as it relates to LSTs and 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 Quark. Um, so. Yeah, uh, we're really excited by that. And then a very long term, we hope to really get sonar use usage in, 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 in the real world, um, having people kind of uh, pay for products and services, especially in countries that might need it using USK. Um, so, um, yeah, we're, we're working on that, too. And I'll let uh, I'll let Hans take over from here if he has any concluding remarks. 
Yeah, I think I think for me the exciting thing is um, we're kind of we're seeing the composability of all these kind of basic building blocks that we spent the last year and a half building coming together. Um, bow leverage is is uh, you know uh, you know it pulls together ghost, it pulls together bow and fin, and all into one one product, which is you know we talked about the, the advantages of it there for providing um, protocol and liquidity. We've got. Unstake, which uses Ghost and Quark, is integrated with Unstake to provide instant migration from from one LSD to another LSD. Uh, you know that's going to only going to get bigger um, when we bring interchain accounts for Cosmism, and then we'll have um, you know native uh, IBC LSDs on Kajira. So you might have like a Quark version of of, of um, staked Atom, which you can then instantly migrate from Stride version, and you know back and forth and whatever. Um, you know, talking to some of the guys building options protocols about how we how we um uh yeah how we integrate with the wider ecosystem and allow these new protocols protocols building to tap into the kind of liquidity available in ghost the liquidity available in fin um and use it to bootstrap and accelerate their growth and just make the whole ecosystem more efficient and, and more exciting really so yes i guess yeah yeah really nice and and certainly something that we've um we've been Oh, sorry. So certainly something that we've been we've been talking about for a long time and, and trying to get people uh to understand the vision of of how we're building out this foundation first and, and allowing other external builders to build on top of them with composability at the heart of everything that, that we're doing. Um and yeah, like you said, it's very exciting to see that certainly come into fruition now. Uh I realize in the interest of time we've literally got one minute left, so so we can't really take any questions either. But I just wanted to say, of course, massive thank you to everyone that's joined us today. But really a massive thank you as well to Helix for organizing this with us and for jumping on with us today. Um it's been a really interesting conversation to hear from the perspective really of, of two different, you know, massive titans in the in the on-chain order book sector. Uh as I said, 2023 was a, a massive year for both Helix and Finn with liquidity, volumes. Almost every single measurable statistic really uh, uh, growing exponentially. Um, so I'm personally very excited to pick up this conversation in perhaps another six months and, and just to see where we are and see how we've we've acted upon these these longer term goals that we've got. Um, but I think let's just leave it here. Uh, thank you again to to Helix and uh, that's that's it for me. I just wanted to, everyone else to say their their goodbyes and we'll we'll end the spaces. But yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, guys, and thanks for making this happen. It was uh, an absolute pleasure and looking forward to all the collaboration together in 2024. Again, thank you. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, likewise, thank you. Thanks. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max. Amount of payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over the impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Fond doing the morning, forming my Psychological bonds, click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved. Flip a coin, diary fall. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy. Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve. Mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works. And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth. Sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay stacked in non-toxic. Just to get a better place, smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps clowns, white knight and all these Maybellines They call it implausible, when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your communitility, all these low hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity, got a planet in reach 
Each coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Two spaces.